Morning prayer begins on page four of the prayer book. Rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95, on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, that they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 39 on page 389. I said I will take heed to my ways, that I offend not in my tongue. I will keep my mouth, as it were, with a bridle, while the ungodly is in my sight. I held my tongue and spake nothing. I kept silence, yea, even from good words, but it was pain and grief to me. My heart was hot within me, and while I was thus musing, the fire kindled, and at the last I spake with my tongue. Lord, let me know mine end and the number of my days, that I may be certified how long I have to live. Behold, thou hast made my days, as it were, a span long and mine age is even as nothing in respect of thee. And verily every man living is altogether vanity. For man walketh in a vain shadow, and disquieteth himself in vain. He heapeth up riches, and cannot tell who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what is my hope? Truly my hope is even in thee. Deliver me from all mine offenses, and make me not a rebuke unto the foolish. I became dumb, and opened not my mouth, for it was thy doing. Take thy plague away from me. I am even consumed by the means of thy heavy hand. When thou with rebukes dost chasten man for sin, thou makest his beauty to consume away, like as it were a moth fretting a garment. Every man, therefore, is but vanity. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and with thine ears consider my calling. Hold not thy peace at my tears. For I am a stranger with thee, and a sojourner, as all my fathers were. O oh, spare me a little, that I may recover my strength. 
before I go hence and be no more seen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 24th chapter of Genesis. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, Please put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I give this land, he will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let me, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed to your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And it happened before he had finished speaking that, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin no man had known her. And he went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, drink, my Lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man, wondering at her, remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So it was when the camels had finished drinking that the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel and two bracelets for her wrists weighing 10 shekels of gold and said, whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? So she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, Milcah's son, whom she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, we have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. Then the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. 
And he said, blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So the young woman ran and told her mother's household these things. Now, Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban, and Laban ran out to the man by the well. So it came to pass when he saw the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, and when he heard the words of his sister Rebekah saying, Thus the man spoke to me, that he went to the man, and there he stood by the camels at the well. And he said, Come in, O blessed of the Lord, why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. Here ends the first lesson. Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fifth chapter of 1 Corinthians. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife. And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I indeed, as absent in body but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present, him who has done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous, or extortioners, or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral, or covetous, or an idolater, or a reviler, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. Here ends the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. 
Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, <clears throat> suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. <clears throat> the Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, who seest we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves, keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls that we may be defended from all the adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily demanding our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain to thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, 
that we shall be trusting in thy defense may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who hast safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. <clears throat> Good morning to all. Our Genesis lesson today makes me think of this, this sort of virtue of faithfulness, this servant that Abraham sends who does um, exactly what Abraham asked him to do. And we see in the scriptures that God's will is carried out most, you know, completely by those who do God's will. And so the blessing of God comes upon Abraham because he is God's chosen and his seed, but it comes principally upon the seed and, and those related to him who do his will. <clears throat> Ultimately, this is, of course, Jesus who perfectly does his will. But Abraham gives the, the servant instructions and he carries them out. He goes to, to, to the land, Abraham says, he before he attempts to find the wife, he prays and then um, <clears throat> he chooses Rebecca. One does wonder if Rebecca is the only woman who came out or whether he saw them all and chose the, the, the most beautiful one, uh, but be that as it may, uh, finds her and, and she ends up being one of the relatives that Abraham intended uh, uh, his servant to find for Isaac. And so it's just a meditation on faithfulness, on you know this, in, you discover this in ministry that you really count on people just being faithful to do what they do. And almost all the issues that come up in church are not with people who faithfully do what God calls them to do and use their gifts faithfully, uh, but with those who don't. And you spend your time, how do you do it when someone was supposed to do something, they act back did something else. So the, the great value of faithfulness, and this is how God's will is accomplished in our lives and in the larger body of the church, when all the members of the body are faithful in their prayers, faithful to use their gifts, faithful to, to, you know, to do the good works, it's remarkable how well things go. In our New Testament lesson for 1 Corinthians, we have the situation where St. Paul addresses someone has his father's wife. This does not seem to be his mother, so it's his stepmother. But this is prohibited in Leviticus 18. There's a whole chapter there about prohibited marital relationships. But it was also prohibited by Roman law. So he says, it's not even known among the Gentiles. And it's not entirely clear how a member of the church thought this was going to be okay, but it could be a kind of misreading of St. Paul's teaching that, that we're not saved by, you know, obedience to the law, but we're free from, from the constraints of the law. <clears throat> Someone took this to, a, to an unnatural end. And I think with this point of, of sexual of morality, it, it heightens, highlights something that we continually miss in our cultural setting that was paramount in the New Testament, which is the communal nature of morality. <clears throat> the real uh, problem with this, it's you know not right biblically, but it's also uh, a bad witness um, because 
this is something the church is doing. We're supposed to be, the church is supposed to be a light to lighten the Gentiles. It's supposed to be the presence of God and, and the presence of Christ in Corinth that, that, that shines a light on the holiness of God and his followers over and against a world that's doing something else. And instead, a member presumes to uh, ignore a moral commandment because he thinks he's free to do this. And the church is somehow caught up and they think it's kind of cool or something like that. They, they glory or boast. And this is often how sexual morality or other kinds of morality is treated in the church. Well, I have a right to do this. And we find a way to justify it by some commandment of, of the scriptures that we can kind of fudge, and which is exactly the wrong way to go. The question is, what's the highest and best witness? And we have responsibility to the community, the communal witness. So our, 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 um, there might be things actually that we could technically do that we better not to do so that we can um, support the community and strengthen others and, and bear the highest and best witness, not, you know, the most we can get away with. And so that's, that's the morality and morality is always communal. It's the boundaries of love and community. And it's our common witness to the, to the world that the church is living in a different way. And it, he introduces this principle that I didn't tell you to not, um, interact with sexually immoral in the world, but but to police the church. And so in in the interior of the church, that's where when people do things, just in case you have to draw a boundary, say so you can't do that. And what he says to this this language, deliver such a one to Satan, it simply means, I think, excommunicate this person, because the church is the gathering of the elect around the altar of God, God's chosen called out from the world. And the excommunication would remove one and deliver one back into the realm of the world. This is the, the baptismal sense. You're baptized into Christ. And uh, the ancient uh, rite, um, which we actually use it, a recent old baptism has the exorcism. So you're, And so the idea, the idea of reversing that, of removing a man, someone from the church and leaving them, therefore, open to that, to that discipline, um, and the point here is this is not someone who is struggling with sin because I think there's there's a reality in, the, in spiritual life. We struggle, we make good confessions, we we grow in our in our holiness and obedience. That's not what's being condemned here. This is someone who says, no, I'm going to do this and I don't care what you think. Willful disobedience does not get the grace of God, whereas the struggle with sin and weakness is something that we all um, do and and enjoy the grace of God in 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 dealing with so that the disciplines within and we see in our culture oftentimes the church ends up moralizing to the culture about what the culture ought to do but then the church itself has all this kind of compromise in it this is sort of the remnant approach to mission says we ought not to um, moralize to the culture but to seek holiness ourselves and be a, a, an invitation to those outside to come in and enjoy the reality of new life in Christ, because what's being experimented on the culture isn't, isn't working. And when people understand that, they can be drawn into the reality of forgiveness and redemption and a new way of life. So this is something to think about during Lent, but not just what I can get away with, what's the highest and best witness 
the way I, I best support the body and, and the witness of the church in the world. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. We'll continue with the prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator, preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially, we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please you to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we then are worthy servants to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking for the holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Grace for our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Good to be with you all. Start the week. Good morning prayer. Have a great day. Peace. Thanks, Bishop. Good words, Bishop. Thank you. Good day, everybody. Bye, kiddos. Bye, Bishop. <laughs> Bye, Bishop. Uh, Bye, Lukey. Bye, Jack. I'm saying like a Bishop. <laughs> I'm not Bishop. But Bishop's right there waving his hand. <laughs> Bye, Bishop. Bye, Luke. Have a good day, everyone.